My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. Mary, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Sometimes whenever it comes to giving talks, one always has to fall back on something they know well, even if it's not necessarily something their audience is well acquainted with. And one of those things that as I was praying over the past month about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, because I realized I had focused mostly on the gifts in the preceding two months, was that gentleness, self-control, kindness, patience, these all kind of struck me very much so, especially as they run through one of my favorite books or favorite series of books in The Lord of the Rings, in which people oftentimes associate within those books stories of swords, killing, war, battles. But really what J.R.R. Tolkien wanted to run throughout those books was a message of mercy and how mercy is ultimately what delivered everyone in the story. It is something that runs time and time again. It is really the gentleness of the hobbits that wins the day. Not the sort of great elf kings, not the swords of great men, but instead the simple humility of Sam and Frodo. And I won't go into the details of how that works out exactly, except to note that hobbits in the story are literally not even shorter than they appear in the movies, two feet tall. But yet it is as these simple folk are the only ones that can bear the burden of power, bear the burden of the ring of power, which so often would consume the hearts of men and so many others. And within our own experience as well, well, it's not a ring of power, but at the same time, whenever it comes to the Holy Spirit working within our hearts, something that I've recognized for myself and something that I just saw today is that pride is a thief. Pride puts up an obstacle between us and others. And really pride is oftentimes an exercise of power that I'm supposed to be right. I'm supposed to have the control. I'm supposed to be the one in charge. And so even whenever we sin, and we beat ourselves up. Even whenever that happens, and it's an exercise of pride, I should be better than I am. I should be more than I am. But that's not the truth of the matter. Why we failed is not because we are not good enough. Why we failed is not because we're not as good as we should be. But instead, it is ultimately because we were not surrendered to God's will in our lives. We did not possess the gifts. We did not possess gentleness in our interactions with others. To where he allowed others to lead, where he allowed others to speak their mind, not necessarily meaning we didn't stand our ground. But nonetheless, we 
in some ways, allowed them to speak their mind, to exercise their freedom, while also exercising our own. Something that we always must keep in mind is that whenever we exercise any of these virtues as the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, really are each gifts given, which are some sort of mean, some sort of average. Gentleness is not complete and utter denial of self, denial of what we are, a complete doing away with what we think and just simply being quiet. But on the other extreme, it is also not the domination of someone else's will, someone else's thinking. But instead, gentleness is an allowance for our freedom to be at work, along with the person that we're conversing with, the people that we're conversing with, to also think freely. It is an act of mercy. And kindness in the same way. Whenever we act with kindness, I have always preferred kindness to nice. Nice means simply allowing people to plow you over. It means shutting up. However, kindness related to gentleness instead is all about us, ultimately surrendering the results, recognizing that shouting, conniving, and domineering do not win the day. But instead, as it is run throughout the story of Lord of the Rings, it is simple acts of mercy, of kindness, of allowing other people to have their freedom while still standing our ground, still having consequences, yes, even for misbehaving children, but nonetheless allowing them that freedom. Because in the end, the reason why Christ asks of us what he asks of us, the reason why the church teaches what it teaches, the reason why we ask for all those things is because it is what is best for us. So the Holy Spirit acting through these virtues does not control, does not turn us into a puppet, does not make us into some sort of shell of ourselves, but instead the Holy Spirit works within who we are. Even if you're a rather meek, humble personality, the Holy Spirit can inspire you to boldness. And if you're like me, a little more choleric, a little more direct, the Holy Spirit can also work within you to inculcate and inspire a sense of gentleness, a sense of kindness. And so really what it does is it helps us to become more fully what God creates us to be, an impatience. And this is where it always comes into play. This is so often the one that's so hard. I always want to know now, 
We always want to know now. We want the path to be laid before us. We don't want to know just the next move. We want to know what's about round the third turn. What's two miles, three miles, a hundred miles down the road. And again, going back to Lord of the Rings, this is something that comes out. The little acts of mercy that first Bilbo takes on the wretched creature Gollum will eventually, many, many years down the road, affect the fate of his nephew, Frodo, who is tasked with carrying the ring. Mercy has its patience. Mercy has its way. And this is the case in the confessional too. So often I find people to be downtrodden. It seems again and again, I just sin the same way. And I've so often felt this myself. I sin again and again and again in the same way. What's the point? Why is the Lord forgiving me now? Why doesn't he wait until I finally get it right? And it is because mercy is always at work. He wants to set us on our feet, just as whenever a child falls off his bike. A father could say, well, you're not ready for this yet, kid. Get back into the house. Or he could say, let's try again. Get up. We'll go again. It is for this reason that patience always wins out. And so we wait for the Lord to work in our lives. We wait for him to show his goodness. Even in the midst of anything that we suffer exteriorly, exteriorly or interiorly can ultimately bear fruit and ultimately can be brought to good, even if in the moment it seems like absolute hell. But the Lord is always at work in all of those things. But then I think it also comes back to the aspect of self-control. I think so often it's thought of as a sort of stoicism, straight-faced, straight-laced, keep it all together. And while I do think that this is part of it, and a big aspect is controlling our emotions or not allowing our emotions to govern our actions, there's also an aspect here that self-control is ultimately a gift. Ultimately, it is something that is bestowed upon us by the Lord. Because if we do it simply on our own, and that self-control is not a gift, we inevitably end up becoming prideful. I get up this time every day to pray. I go to Mass every day. I do this, that, or the other every day, every hour. But instead, self-control related to patience, gentleness, kindness, is ultimately about surrendering to the Lord's will and not getting overcome by our emotions. 
we can be too transparent about how we feel, about how we act. It is a temptation because then we don't have to hold any of it in. And it can end up being a mistake. And so part of self-control is also learning how to properly process what goes on inside of us. Learning that we ultimately need to give it over to Him. Because again, it's not just simply a shutting down, barrier feelings, the good old German way, right? But instead it is about learning to surrender what we feel, who we are, and to be even honest. So often whenever my emotions get the better of me, I just wanna move past it, forget about it, move on. But if we do that, we then fail to take the opportunity to learn. Number one, number two, but perhaps more importantly, we also miss the opportunity to reconcile. We miss the opportunity to ultimately build up a relationship that may have been damaged by our anger, by the depression or the self-doubt that caused us withdrawal. And then when that happens, we lose not just our temper or our cool, but then we also endanger and make the possibility of losing a friendship, a relationship happen as well. And so it becomes important in the midst of that self-control that it does not get treated as military-like discipline. Discipline is important. It's something that I'm a big fan of. But discipline must always be at the service of God. Discipline is for the purpose of freeing up space in our life for Him to work. So the reason why you get up early in the morning to pray is because you know you're too weak, because I know I'm too weak to do it every day at 10 o'clock in the morning, because I'll let other things creep in. The reason why we enact discipline is because we recognize our human weakness and that we need to have a level of self-control and that even comes in the area of emotions. Perhaps we cannot let our emotions show in the present moment when we're really upset. We can learn to take them to the Lord, to process them, and then bring it to the person that we're upset with. After we've maybe talked with somebody that we can trust, and we can allow the Lord to work in that. And so again, it does not become about shoving down suppressing, but instead it becomes about learning who we are and not being ashamed of who that is. And then again, to bring it all back to that gentleness, that kindness, that patience, to recognize that each and every one of us is on that journey, to recognize that each and every one of us is broken and perfect. And hopefully, it's not everybody, but if you're at a catechesis in the Holy Spirit, you probably have a desire to grow 
and most people have a desire to grow. And so in many ways, that self-control is even oriented towards enacting these virtues. If somebody loses their temper at you, recognize they're probably having a bad day. Show patience, show kindness, and self-control yourself. That even if they hit a nerve within you with their comment, doesn't mean that you have to respond in kind. Or perhaps respond in kindness instead. Learning to bear with each other's brokenness, sinfulness, is something that we must once again learn. Because without it, the people of God are nothing. If we do not learn to bear with one another, to be gentle, to be patient, to be kind, to learn to control ourselves, we in time then become individualized to the extent that we are no longer the body of Christ. Because the Lord tells us to bear one another's burdens, or St. Paul tells us that, sorry. To bear one another's burdens. And that is part of the process, is bearing with each other in all of those things. Because the Lord does want to work through us. But it's never a one-and-done moment. I time and time again discover things that I don't like about myself. But I also time and time again learn good things about myself that surprise me as well. That journey of discovery for each of us needs to be completed in recognizing the unique gift that is the other person. So often, whenever it comes to the spirits working in our life, we need to be open to those possibilities that the Lord can work in those given moments. I know so often I go into a meeting expecting it to be absolute heck. But then it usually goes okay. And when it doesn't, it's because I've already decided beforehand. I decided I was going to be angry. I was going to be cut off. And as a result, miss out. Miss out on what the Lord wanted to give me in that moment. And this will happen to us again and again. Do we recognize that we fell short? That we fell short of what the Lord was doing in our hearts, in our mind. But it will be okay. Because again, to draw it all back, mercy always wins. It doesn't quite, mercy doesn't end quite the way that you would expect it in Lord of the Rings. Mercy doesn't mean that Gollum amends his ways. 
what ultimately ends up happening. His mercy simply extended to the very end, to where he could not resist the one ring. And so he inadvertently becomes responsible for its destruction. God's ways are so high above our ways. And what the point of that is, is that mercy is going to work in our lives. And do not expect the mercy that you extend to a husband, to a wife, to a child, to a parent, co-worker, friend, to always be meant by amendment, to always be met by some attempt to change their ways. That is a requirement for the sacrament of confession, yes. But whenever it comes to exercising mercy in our own experience, we need to be willing to forgive no matter what. And that I think in many ways, whenever we enter into those situations and we act badly, we act poorly. Inadvertently, if we forgive ourselves, if we ask for forgiveness, a couple of things happen that I've noticed. One is entirely within myself. I allow myself the opportunity to recognize that I'm a beloved son of God and nothing I can do can take that away from me except for running away from my Heavenly Father. And so that interior reality is always brought back and that he wants to heal me. So that's interiorly what happens. I'm a beloved son and I only give up my divine sonship if I choose to run away. Exteriorly, what I found happen in many of my relationships and this is perhaps one of the more humbling things that I've never really been able to fathom, understand why this is. But whenever I've messed up, done poorly, and I've asked for forgiveness and someone's been gentle, kind, and patient with me, shown self-control even though they may have been angry with me, the friendship, the relationship has gotten stronger. We have drawn closer together because I practice real amendment. And ultimately, inadvertently again, I shared a very vulnerable part of myself. We shared a very vulnerable part of ourselves when we mess up. And whenever we expose that and we call it out, and we accept it and ask for forgiveness for it, that other person knows something about us they didn't before ugly though it may be. But it still allows a deeper connection to be made. If we ask for forgiveness, which is really asking for help, which is really asking for the Lord to heal, asking for them to allow you the opportunity to heal. And that is the amazing thing that takes place whenever we enact those virtues which really mirror mercy. Whenever we are patient, kind, gentle, 
and are able to obtain self-control to an extent that we can bestow forgiveness and we can accept forgiveness, then the Lord can be at work within us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts, not because we're a worthy dwelling, not because we're better than anyone else, but simply because we've allowed God to break into our experience. Because he wants to break into our hearts. He wants to break into our lives. So the Holy Spirit can work quietly, but sometimes he can also be rather violent, to be quite honest, and bring about that healing. And it's important for us to not be afraid of whichever way the Spirit moves whether it be a small, gentle nudge in a direction, or whether it's a reality check that puts us in place and puts us back in our place and gives us the opportunity to grow. So in that invitation, I just encourage each of you to perhaps reflect in your own lives about how you can allow those four things, kindness, generosity, patience, self-control, to really be implemented into your life so that mercy becomes part of who you are. You become more willing to accept that the Lord does love you. you. Become willing to accept that you're not perfect, you're going to mess up, and you need to forgive yourself. And in that, you will eventually also learn how to forgive those around you and to accept ultimately that the Lord desires the same for them as he does for you, which is your good and the good of all those around you. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. Mary, my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.